disguise. So <laughs> he looks just like um, a flurkin. I'm not going to say. That's a spoiler. I'm sorry. Um, if you know what a flurkin is, then you're good. If you don't, you'll just have to wait. <laughs> um. Anyway, hey. Oh, hey. It's episode 19 of My Favorite Haunting. Hi, I'm Mel. I'm Ames. We didn't do that last time. No, we didn't. It's fine. <laughs> they know by now. I hope so. The people know. We have a fan base now. Yeah. They know who we are. It's still polite to introduce ourselves, I think. It is. Um. And hey, introduce yourself to us by joining our Facebook group. Shameless yeah. plug. <laughs> Let's do that. Because guess what? If you do that, then you're entered into a drawing for a prize. A free prize. A free prize. We'll even pay for the shipping to send it to you. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, I kind of want someone from Australia to win just because <laughs> I think that's like the furthest point that we could possibly send it. And I'm just curious to see what the shipping on that would be. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, but we got you covered. Don't worry about it. It's 100% free for you. Um, yes, it is. Also, our Facebook group is pretty fun, I think. Yes. Some uh, people have been posting stuff. We've had some discussions going on. Cool. On the, we have the one thread that's like, introduce yourself and people have been popping in and introducing themselves on there and having some back and forths with a few people also just you know i like to be validated by strangers so <laughs> um yeah come do that give our facebook page a like follow us on instagram and twitter my fave haunting um and last episode we had a viewer mail thank you Brittany. um yes, if you have a story you would like us to read out Type it up, send it to us, DM us, email us, myfavoritehaunting at gmail.com. Um, for that drawing, for that free prize, um, we are going to do that live on Facebook Live. <laughs> yes. Too many lives. Live on Facebook Live. <laughs> We're going to do it on Facebook Live. Um at the beginning of our live broadcast that we're going to do on May 5th. Come join us. Cinco de Mayo. You Watch all behind-the-scenes activities. Sit back and all the tangents, all the cat mayhem. I was going to say, and see the cats. Sit back and drink <laughs> your Corona or your Margarita or your Corona Rita and uh, eat all the guac and, and everything that you want and just watch our shit show. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. 2 p.m. East Coast time. Yes. U.S. East Coast time. So there's more than one East Coast in the world. Oh, that's right. Um, New York time. Yes, How's that? New York State time. That's where two p.m. New York time. That is what we get going your with. get your little world clock converter out and figure it figure out because <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, there's too many time zones involved in this. Uh, yeah, w- way too many time zones involved. <laughs> um, there's a lot of you guys now, so I haven't even looked at our like official numbers in a while because I've been trying to keep up on the social media aspect and mm-hmm. it's hard yeah we, so we need a we need a third person we to need do, a steven like, behind the scenes yes we, we do we need a steven morris um i still nominate karen the problem with karen is she lives in a different country yeah and i'm pretty sure that would be bad news bears to try and like hire her for something without like a green card or something i don't know how that works i don't do immigration science oh (laughs) immigration science immigration science to the twitter we go immigration science you guys are hearing it live here (laughs) you've probably already read this tweet by the time you hear this speaking of immigration science i don't know if i want to get into it i'm gonna probably paint a bigger target on my back i was coming back from canada the other day and i had bought um maple candies from you for you guys from mm-hmm. the duty free 
and I got stopped at the border. That like they pulled me out to search my car, which oh, like nice, whatever, do your job. Yeah, but these fucking like they fucking stole my candy. Boo! So I'm working on the complaint right now because I'm very familiar with the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, and um, I have a nice little thing I'm gonna type up to send to them and ask me why I was not told that they were confiscating my candy that I had bought it duty free and is therefore should not be contraband. Yeah. Um, and I was not given a receipt. Oh, nice. So yeah, they just, they just took it, helped themselves. They also had a dog in the car, which is fine. Like, you know, there's, there's never been drugs in my car. Mm-hmm. Like do your job. I don't, the only, the biggest, the biggest annoyance to me was that I was held up for almost an hour yeah. while they did it. But then I came back to the car and there's muddy footprints all over my leather seats. Nice. Like, I understand you have a job to do, but it was like they went out of their way to trash my car. Like, don't be mad that I didn't, that I wasn't smuggling drugs. Like, I'm not a criminal. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry you didn't get your overtime for the day. I don't know what to tell you. Um, now they're probably going to stop and search me every single time. I don't give a shit. There's nothing in there. Yeah. Like, you do, you do you. You go ahead. <laughs> um they also had my phone with them for a while, so I'm assuming they just downloaded and took everything on it. Oh, nice. Whatever. Enjoy my little, like, there's some great fan fiction wrecks on there. Like, have <laughs> fun. Like, all the tabs that are on, <laughs> like, a dozen, like, archive of our own tabs open. Like, have at it. I hope you enjoy yourself. <laughs> Whatever. That's my rant. Um, man. Whatever, man. <laughs> it's just amusing. I am pissed about the fucking mud all over my car, though. Yeah. And I am pissed that they stole my candy that was for you and the boys. Not nice. I mean, yeah, it's just candy, but, like, I just bought it. (laughs) And you straight up stole it. Like, there's no value attached Mm -hmm. to – there's, like, no minimum value for, like, it's okay to take stuff as long as it's under X amount. Like, no. Yeah, it's only 20 bucks. It's my 20 bucks. Like (laughs) – you yeah. stole my candy. And if you really wanted candy that badly, the duty-free is literally right there. You can walk to it. Like, go on your lunch break and go buy yourself some maple candy. Like, come on. There's actually drugs in those candies. Take them. Don't say that because they're going to think that's real. No. No, that's what they're thinking. Well, like, maybe the dog, like, lit on it or something. But, like, it's it's candy. In a a bag from the duty-free shop. But regardless, like, even if I was smuggling crack in my car, which I I was not. (laughs) The crack is whack. Even if I were, you still have to give me a receipt. (laughs) That's funny. I know, but. That's funny, but it's, like, I mean, it makes sense, but it's still funny. (laughs) I know, because, like, here's the receipt for your crack. But, like, you do. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. You still have to type up a voucher yeah. and give me a receipt to show that. And there was no reason it should have been confiscated. Anyway, just bought it from the duty-free. They yeah. don't sell stuff in there that you can't take over the border. Exactly. That's why they don't sell Kinder Eggs in there. Because <laughs> you can't. Poor kinder. <laughs> the real Kinder Eggs, not yeah. the fake-ass ones we have here now. Because American children are too stupid to not swallow the toy. I don't, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> I'm getting my rage fire is growing. Um, Take a breath. Woo, move on. Um, Do some haunting. Woof. Ghost stories. Did we hit on everything we wanted to hit on? I hope so. <laughs> uh, view, just send us viewer mail. Join our Facebook group. Drawing live episode. 
Oh, that's the next one we're going to record. The, yes, this is our last week. You guys, next week, it's less than a week now because this will post on Monday and we're doing it on Sunday. Yes. And that'll be right after Endgame? No. I'm ahead of myself because we're two weeks. Okay. <laughs> it's the week after Endgame. No, because... Yeah, you got stuff going on. <laughs> this one will air right after Endgame. And I'll have seen it. And I'll probably have a lot of emotions about it. I'm scared, you guys. I'm so scared. I'm so nervous. <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous. Um, I am a little bit sad because Omaze, if anyone's ever heard of it, they do... It's like a charity organization or they take donations for charities so like they set up like experiences like once Mm -hmm. in a lifetime experiences you make a donation um and you're entered like however big your donation was you're entered you get that many entries Mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of end game ones so of course there was one like walk the red carpet with chris evans so of course i did that (laughs) um but the one i was really hoping for was the one with mark ruffalo Mm mm-hmm Cause I wanted to tease him about spoilers, but I didn't really, but I was also nervous because I didn't really want spoilers, mm-hmm. but I wanted to kind of fuck with him a little bit. <laughs> and then, um, so you'd like hang out with him for a while and then you'd go to the premiere and then his, for some reason, I think it was only his, you went to the after part, the like exclusive after Ooh. party with everybody. And I was like, well, Everybody, I, it's not a secret. I love Chris Evans. He's great. And <laughs> I doubt his actual existence until I've actually met him. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I was looking at the two of them and I'm like, I want to go to the after party. Yeah. I was like, I don't even care about anything else. I just want to go to the after party. Um, so I'm really disappointed I didn't win. Aww. But I did make some good, don- Some I think that they were very nice donations to some very worthy charities. Mark Ruffalo's charity was um for his alma mater stella adler it's an acting school mm-hmm. um and then the chris evans charity is the one that he always does when he works with them and i love it so much um it's called christopher's haven and they provide apartments for families who are traveling to do treatments for childhood cancer oh and childhood cancer has i mean i have not suffered from it thank god mm-hmm. um but I I have close people. Like there's relatives, there's friends, mm-hmm. um, friends' children who have fought that battle. Some have won, some have lost. Mm-hmm. So that's very near and dear to me. And I love that that's a charity that he works with. And I love like what they do. So if anybody was looking into donating anything for a good cause, <laughs> I recommend that. That's my little PSA. It's cool. So for <laughs> places that don't have things like the Ronald McDonald House. Mm-hmm. Or St. Jude's. Yeah. Because St. Jude's is another good one. Um, yeah, because cancer fucking is a shit bag. So. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to more fun things like um, poltergeists. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, what would you rather talk about? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we hit on everything, right? End game's coming out. No, I think so. That. Um, okay, cool. So, I can go first? Yeah, you go, go first. first. I can go first? Yeah. Okay. Because you went first last time, even though my voice is still kind of... So, 
I started out, I wanted to do the Poltergeist curse, the movie curse. Oh. Um, so because that, because I'm sure everybody knows the basics, um, Heather O'Rourke, who played Carol Ann, I think this is the most famous aspect of that curse, um, was, uh, during the filming of the third one Mm -hmm. was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease. She really had an an intestinal blockage, I think. Something like Um, that. And they had been treating her like with steroids and everything. And that's why in that movie Mm -hmm. she has like the chipmunk chipmunk cheeks. Um, And she very sadly passed away um, Mm -hmm. during, I think they were almost done filming it, but not quite. So they had to, kind of work around a couple of scenes um and i can't believe that she like she insisted on continuing with the movie oh yeah that was I, i'll never forget there's one interview where somebody was like trying to comfort her mom because her mom's like you know i should have done more i should have known and the answer was i forget who it was saying this but the answer was she was such a non-complainer and she would just power through anything like if she had complained more Maybe mm-hmm. we could have done something, but yeah. she was so adamant, like the show must go on yeah. type of thing. And, um, she was 12. Um, they also, in the first movie, there was, there were a lot of kind of weirdness things going on. Um, they used real human bones for that scene with the skeletons. That's and the, a no-no. Yeah. Um, because at the time, this isn't the case anymore, but at the time, real human skeletons from like because they were sold to like medical schools and stuff Mm -hmm. they were cheaper to get than to make fake fake ones um also right after so the first poltergeist was released i think in the summer of 82 and that november dominique dunn who played the older sister was Mm -hmm. murdered by her Mm ex-boyfriend um on the the night no not november well no okay so he attacked her the night before halloween she was on life support until november 4th um also tragic um there were a few other deaths throughout um between the the first second and third movies um that could easily be attributed they were they were older people they had been sick Mm -hmm. so but it's like you take all of this together and it's yeah. like it's weird um yeah when you put it all together especially if you look at other movies that you know might have the same kind of makeup of people that worked on it it's like the percentages are yeah. skewed um another thing was uh oh shit what was her name i forget who she played joe beth somebody do i still have the tab open Oh, speaking of deaths, like in 2009, um, Lou Perryman played the, he had a small part in the film. Um, in 2009, he was 67 years old. A recently released ex-con randomly showed up at his house. They spoke on the front, according to a neighbor, they spoke on the front stoop for a few minutes. Then Uh they both went inside. Um, it wasn't clear if they knew each other or not. It sounded like not, Mm -hmm. um, because this guy was, like, deranged and chopped Lou to pieces with an axe. Okay. Um, and I think, like, the cops found him a few days later. Yeah. Um, and then Richard Lawson, in March of 1992, survived a plane crash. 
uh, U.S. Air Flight 405 crashed into Flushing Bay. 27 people out of the 51 on board were killed. He survived. Um, so there's, like, all these, like, weird, like, coincidences. Like, for one movie, for all of these things, um, one of – I'm trying to find the one where it says about the – oh, it's not in this article. The name was Joe Beth somebody. I'm terrible. I cannot remember. But she would come home um, from set. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd be on set all day. She'd come home. Every single picture frame in her house would be tilted. Weird. Every single one. Um, And every day. But, like, if she... Only days that she came home from set, I think, though. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask where she lived, but if it's the only day she came home from set, and right? It, and like if there it was, was several days in a row. You know, I was thinking kind of earthquake if it was like California, right. or something. <laughs> right, right, right. That's what I would think too. But um, that sounds too frequent to coincide with earthquakes. Joe Beth Williams. She would return home every night after filming to find that something had tilted all the pictures in her home. This is coming from the thirteenth floor. Um. She says, I began to think somebody is trying to send me a message. I shouldn't be doing this film. So they say that the most poltergeist-like story that happened while this movie was going on. So they hired this author, James Kahn, to do the novelization Mm -hmm. of it. You know how, like, movies come out and then there's, like, suddenly a novel because they just adapt it. Yeah. Um, So he was just about finish... Finishing. (laughs) He was just about finishing because it says finishing, but I said he was just about finished. He was finishing up the novel and (laughs) a freak lightning bolt struck the building he was working in. And he says the facing on the air conditioner, the air, the facing on the air conditioning unit blew off, flew across the room and hit me in the back about a half a minute or a minute later, the lights flickered went back on, and then all of the video games in the room started playing themselves. How many video games do my, you have? Thank you. That was my, <laughs> like, my question is, I mean, did they, I wonder if they have, like, um, like, those arcade units? Uh-huh. Like, if he was in, like, an office, and they had those for, like, you know, I need a break from writing, and I need yeah. to, like, put my brain somewhere else, so I play video games until a new idea comes to me. Um, I was just thinking he was like in his apartment or something, typing up in his little home office, and like and his little like games like lying in the walls. His like PlayStation and his Xbox and his Wii all turn on at the same time in 1982. Well, I know that, but that was a joke. Um, But yeah, that's all I could think because I'm like, you're Atari and what else? But like, if he was in like an office, yeah, I guess that could be like production offices. They probably have stuff like that. Why have so many video games? You need options, man. They get boring if you have the same one all the time. Um, And there were a few other deaths also. Um, Oh, they also used real human remains in the sequel. And Will Sampson, I think this was. I'm pretty sure this was the sequel. He played. The mystical Indian, it says. Mm. But he's, in real life, he was a shaman. And Mm he, um, okay, well, this says something different. So I'm going to say accounts vary. There's one version that says he snuck onto set in the middle of the night when no one was there. Uh This one says that he delayed production for hours. Well, he he did something. But either way, (laughs) he did basically, it says a Muskegee Indian blessing. So he basically did an exorcism of the set and blessed the set. Nice. Um, Which didn't 
really seemed to make a difference. Anyway, so I said that I had originally intended to mm-hmm. do that. So I just gave you an abbreviated version. However, I found <laughs> that Poltergeist was actually inspired by a true story. Oh. Um, and I found, so I found a couple, so, um, Pop Sugar, the 13th floor, both had, both had little things about this, but PrairieGhost.com, who I know that I've mentioned before. I've used them before too. Yes. They had a very long, detailed account. It was beautiful. Whoever wrote this up, props to you. Um, all the credit to you. I did my best to paraphrase. I also did take some info from the other websites as well. I don't know what came from where because I just wrote it all together. Um, I wrote, don't forget to join our FB group and be entered to win something cool. (laughs) Uh, So one thing that really excited me about this is that this, okay, so this happened, it it started in early February 1958, Mm -hmm. just to give you a setting, late 50s. The family lived in Seaford, Long Island. Now, the reason this got me excited was I lived in Seaford, Long Island for a summer. (laughs) In between semesters, um, my friend Kelly, who I worked with at the toy store, Mm -hmm. and her then boyfriend, now husband, Dan, um, they offered because instead, because I had a a job, I didn't want to give up the job rather than coming back upstate for the Mm -hmm. summer and losing my job. They said, live on our couch for a few months. And I did, and it was great. And Seaford's a, you know, cute little area. Cool. Um, Kind of. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Long Island is a weird place, man, because you go from, like, rich people to, like, slums to middle class, like, around the... (laughs) It's so weird. Um, No, but they, you know, they were in a nice place. Mm -hmm. Um, All the stories living there brings back so many memories okay but anyways so in 1958 so it's the herman family so you have james senior lucille senior those that's the husband and wife and then they they have two teenagers jimmy jr is 12 lucy jr is 13 and i'm adding juniors onto like lucy and lucille because you know it's james and james and lucille and lucille so Mm -hmm. i mean i guess (laughs) We'll go for James for James Sr. and Jimmy for Jimmy Jr. Sure. And then Lucille for the wife and Lucy for the... So Jimmy's 12, Lucy's 13. So I should... No, I'm not going to preempt this with anything. (laughs) Because if you don't know the answer already, I want you to be surprised. But it's... Okay. It's a little different. But um, So normal day, early February 1958. James is at work. Um, He comes home... Jimmy and Lucy had been, it's, it said spending time together after school, but I feel like that's kind of weird for a 12 and 13 year old brother and sister, but whatever the case, they were like hanging out, whatever they're doing. Maybe they're doing maybe, the homework maybe, together. I was going to say, maybe they're just in the same room doing something completely different than yeah. the other person, like both reading books or but, something. <laughs> right. But they were together. Um, and then out of nowhere, all three of them, so... She so Lucille's telling James this when he comes home from work. They all three they hear this weird popping noise, like multiple popping noises mm-hmm. coming from all over the house. So they go to look around, like you know what the fuck was that noise? Because yeah. that's I'm sure that's how they spoke in 1958, <laughs> 1958 suburbia. What the fuck was that? Oh my goodness! 
goodness gracious me, what in the devil could that noise have been? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they go look around. So they find numerous bottles of common substances, I put in quotes. (laughs) So they all had screw caps, Mm -hmm. like plastic or metal screw-on caps. Yeah. Um, Multiple bottles had been, the screw caps were off and they were like tipped over and like the contents were dumped out. Hmm. One of the bottles had been holy water and it was on the bedroom dresser in the master bedroom. Um, Among the other bottles was a bottle of bleach in the basement a bottle of liquid starch in the kitchen, and the bottles of shampoo and medicine in the bathroom. Hmm. Um, so, you know, typical, like any haunted house movie, the mm-hmm. husband comes home, the wife's like, oh my God, this happened. And the husband's like, yeah, sure, it did. You know, you're hysterical. Like, that's not what happened. There was a logical explanation. Were the kids playing a trick on you? Like, Yeah. <laughs> so a few days go by. Um... The family is getting ready for dinner, all four together. They hear the popping noises again. So this time, I wrote Herman, but Herman's the last name. (laughs) This time, James is home and he hears it. So he goes to investigate himself. Like, I'll figure this out because I'm the man. Um, So this time he finds a bottle of nail polish, a bottle of rubbing alcohol, the bottle of bleach again, a bottle of detergent. The bottle of starch again, and again, the holy water. Hmm. So now James is starting to think that his son is up to something because he's a bit of a prankster and he loves science. So he's thinking like maybe he somehow rigged the bottles with like, it said like capsules, carbonated capsules Mm -hmm. um, that maybe like they took extra time to dissolve, like a time release. Mm -hmm. And then so it would build up so he could like sneak them in when no one's looking and then hours later they go off. Yeah. And no one's going to think it's him because he's in a different room. I could see how that could be a possibility. Absolutely. Um, I probably wouldn't have even thought of that. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't even think that that was a thing. So he, he's keeping, so it's the weekend. So he's keeping like an evil eye on this kid. Like, Uh I'm going to catch you. So he doesn't catch him doing anything, and then he, then they go off again, and he, like, immediately, like, runs through the house to find his son to blame him. So Jimmy is in the bathroom brushing his teeth, and his dad just busts in, like, <laughs> you what? how did you do it? And this poor kid is like, what are you talking about? I'm brushing my teeth. I didn't do anything. So he's, you know, adamantly denying. So as they're arguing back and forth in the bathroom, there's Mm -hmm. a bottle of medicine on the sink. Mm -hmm. It slides across the counter and falls into the sink basin. And then (laughs) a bottle of shampoo. So then they stop and they're like, what? And then they both watch as a bottle of shampoo that was also on the counter slides across and falls onto the floor. (laughs) So James, James now freaks out. Like, oh, well, he inspected the bathroom for wires, hidden wires and strings, like still thinking uh-huh. that his son somehow was behind this. He doesn't find anything. So he calls the police. Okay. And I wrote, to do what exactly? <laughs> Bottles are moving around my house. Come help me. Right? Um, but I guess back in 1958, it might have been a kind, a kinder, gentler police department back there. Maybe. Back then. So they sent somebody. Mm-hmm. So they sent Officer James Hughes. Um. And so he investigates, and while he's at the house, he also hears the popping sounds and then goes and investigates and sees the overturned bottles, the uncapped bottles, Mm -hmm. um, but couldn't come up with an explanation. 
Um, so some time goes by, more officers come and investigate. Everyone kind of agrees that the family's not pulling a prank or anything. Yeah. Like, you know, cause it's same deal. Everybody's in the same room. You hear all the noises throughout the house yeah. and like they, so they can't explain it. So the department assigns good old Nassau County police department. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the department assigns detective Joseph Tozy. Um, and then I wrote, does the Nassau County PD still have an X-Files division? Because I want in on that. <laughs> um, like, are you hiring? I think, I think I'm still under the age cutoff. Like maybe I'll be your, your X-Files investigator. Um, so he essentially moves into the house <laughs> to like do this like investigation uh-huh. to like observe everything. So the first night that he's there, a perfume atomizer tips over. Mm-hmm. What, is that like the, the, thing the with the, with the ball, ball the squeezy ball? Sh- okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, so that tips over and spills perfume all over in Lucy's bedroom. Nobody was in the room at the time. Um, over the next few days, activity increases and it seems to center around that bottle of holy water that's in the master bedroom mm-hmm. um on one occasion james heard it ran in to the room to find it it was dumped onto the floor like it had fallen onto the floor that time mm-hmm. um so like he rushed in so it was like immediate he picks mm-hmm. it up and it he says it was unexpectedly warm to the touch Ooh. Um, later that same, so like somehow it was heated and popped the top, maybe, maybe, um, later that same day, Jimmy and Lucy, and then a cousin of James. So she's, she was older. She said, they say she was middle-aged. So they were all in the living room watching TV. And it's funny to think about watching TV in 1958. Cause you know, like they, they have little like 12 inch black and white screen yeah. with the bunny ears antenna. <laughs> I'm just picturing them watching like old, like I love Lucy's or something. <laughs> Um, so they're watching TV. There's a porcelain figure, and they didn't mention this until way later, but I'm pretty sure it's the same figure um, of a Virgin Mary, mm. those little statues. Yeah. Um, it was on the coffee table. They watched it. It rose up and, and hovered in midair before moving sideways and dropping onto the carpet. Um, so at that point, like with the holy water and now the Virgin Mary figurine, mm-hmm. They call in, so they're devout Catholics, so they yes. contact their church, and mm-hmm. they call in, it's the Church of St. William the Abbot, and they call in Father William McLeod, who comes in and blesses the house, sprinkles holy water everywhere. Mm-hmm. It makes no difference. Um, so now we're like two weeks in, and word of this has leaked out to the media. Uh-oh. So it's 1958, so it's not like today where you have all the news vans with the satellite dishes and yeah. everything, but... The house is constantly surrounded by press, photographers, your typical nosy Nancy neighbors, like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting letters and phone calls every day that are suggesting, and I made a list, logical solutions. <laughs> Martians had landed nearby. <laughs> the spirit of a long-dead Indian chief. Russians are tunneling under Long Island to invade New York City. <laughs> I mean, today I would believe that. Um and that they needed to repent for their sins. Mm-hmm. There was, apparently there was a lot of, like, repent, like, mm-hmm. God's mad at you. Um, they say that they listened patiently to everybody's ideas mm-hmm. and read every letter. Uh, every They took every phone call. Um, 
Also at this point, holy men from all different religions had started to just show up at the house and pray on the front lawn. Um, one guy, I didn't write it down because I thought that I was writing too many details, but, um, one guy, uh, he, they, I don't think he was associated with a specific like church, Mm -hmm. but he showed up, kneeled on the lawn, said a prayer, stood up and said, everything's fine now it's gone. And it wasn't gone. Um, also by this point, of course, because it's hit the media. So they gave the poltergeist a name. Yeah. Popper. Popper. Popper the poltergeist. Because he pops the Because he pops things. Models. And also, you know how I love alliteration. So I'm like, that's <laughs> amazing. There's so many P's in that. Popper the poltergeist. Um, so now we're going to start getting into the science stuff, which I love. I love looking at it from scientific angel. angels. <laughs> Scientific angles. Scientific angels. Even though you don't do any of the sciences. I don't do any of the sciences, but I love looking at it from a scientific perspective because it's still acknowledging that something's happening, but it's offering like a, like, this is why, Mm -hmm. even if it's paranormal, like to find like a scientific explanation for paranormal stuff. Yeah. Um, even though I don't do any sciences for sure. Um, (laughs) So Robert Zider from the Brookhaven National Laboratory shows up with dousing rods. And so dousing rods, you hold one in each hand and they move like as you walk and they're supposed to point you towards water. Mm -hmm. So after exploring the property, like he, you know, walked up to the door and was like, ding dong here. I have dousing rods. I'd like to like go. So (laughs) he went with the family, went around with Mm -hmm. them, like in the yard and stuff. And he said that underground streams were to blame. Um, but so detective Tozy is all into like all these, he, like he's researching and investigating all these mm-hmm. explanations that they're getting to. And he like thorough research. There's no underground streams there. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing there. Um, Tozy also looked into possible sonic booms from passing air force jets, but the air force said, no, mm-hmm. there's not. And I think like he found like, they're not really under the flight path yeah. or they're not close enough to the flight path for that to be happening. Mm hmm. Long Island Lighting set up an oscilloscope in the basement, um, so that's supposed to detect vibrations. Hmm. Got nothing. Um, the town of Hempstead. Oh, Hempstead. See, I love seeing these familiar town names. Like, I know where <laughs> Hempstead is. Um, inspected the house, uh, determined it to be structurally sound. So we've got no vibrations, no, like, structural defect, mm-hmm. no underground street, like all these things, like they're, they're all like, that sounds like that might be a good idea. And then that's not the case. Um, the Seaford fire department came to inspect a well on the property thinking maybe changing water levels had something to do with it, but they found the water level had been stable for at least the last five years. Hmm. Um, Helen Connolly of Massachusetts wrote a letter to the family saying she had experienced moving furniture in her home. Um, but they found out that her home wasn't haunted. She had a heavy downdraft coming from the fireplace. Um, so, and it was moving the furniture. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so she capped, she had the chimney capped with rotary metal turbine and the movement stopped. Mm -hmm. Uh, so James jumps on this. Like, that sounds like a good idea. (laughs) So has workers come in to cap the chimney um, and it says, as soon as the work was complete, like immediately, like, 
So like the way, like that's my words, but the way it was worded, I really pictured like they hammered in that last nail or whatever. Uh (laughs) And immediately that porcelain Virgin Mary figure Mm -hmm. flew from the table, smashed into a desk hard enough to dent the wood of the desk. And, um, the statue survived though. It didn't say, uh, I didn't write it down. If it didn't shatter, then it shattered a different time. Okay. I'm trying to think if anything else happened with it. That may, it may have shattered at that point. Okay. Um, but the media, like the, I guess there's, I haven't looked up the pictures yet, but, um, there must be a photo of it cause the media took photos and it like uh-huh. was all over the New York news. Wow. Um, so after this, the activity becomes more violent with objects levitating and flying and smashing. Um, as Detective Tozy watched a sugar bowl that had been near Jimmy, but not within reach of Jimmy. So it was in his vicinity, but he mm-hmm. couldn't have reached it. Um, flew off the table. It did not shatter at that point. That one shatters later. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as the family, um, oh, I skipped ahead. Um, so the, when that started happening, the family needed a break. So they leave for the night. They stay with a relative, like just mm-hmm. for that one night. Um, Tozy stayed. And there were no incidents that night after the family left. Ah, interesting. Um, As soon as the family returned the following evening, (laughs) the same sugar bowl again flew off the table, this time shattered on the ground. Hmm. Um, More and more objects objects began levitating and flying across rooms. Um, Now they've caught the attention of staff at the parapsychology lab at Duke. They were already working on a theory and had collected substantial evidence that some people, under the right circumstances, could be psychokinetic and not know it. So I think that we've touched we've touched on poltergeists before, I think, and like the Mm -hmm. theory of them and how usually it's like a teenage girl. Yes, um, I think a lot of that conversation was in the may or may not be bonus episode. But I think we also discussed it. In another one, like an oh, older I th- one. Probably. I don't remember which one, but I know that it came up before. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to remind everybody of that theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I wrote it down later, though, so I'm not going to get into it yet. Um, so the activity is still escalating. The assistant of the head scientist. So the head scientist was Dr. J.B. Ryan. So his assistant was Dr. J. Gaithersburg Pratt. Pratt. <laughs> We're just going to call him Pratt. My mouth wanted to say Platt, even though I'm looking. <laughs> but it's not Oliver Platt, for sure. Um, so um, Pratt goes to the Herman house under the belief that someone in the house was unknowingly causing it. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else at this point is convinced that the house is haunted by a poltergeist. Um, especially because of the target, the targeting of the religious objects, the holy water and the yes. Virgin Mary figurine. Um, so, okay, so here's the theory. So the psychokinetic theory is an adolescent child, usually a girl, is almost always among the members of a household experience pol- experiencing poltergeist activity. So they think it's because I think like, and it's always like prepubescent to, to pubescent. And mm-hmm. they, they think that it's because of all the hormones. Yes. 
Um, so they believed that it was possible that a young person could be capable of psychokinesis at the height of puberty, but they don't know that they're doing it. So they're just as confused and scared as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duke. So note that they say it's usually a girl. Mm-hmm. The Duke researchers had noted that Jimmy was present for 75% of the occurrences. And for most of that, he was the only witness. <laughs> Even though Tozy had cleared him of being involved in any way. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Pratt comes in. He stays in the house, just like Detective Tozy. Um, he spends most of his time with Jimmy, helping with his homework, playing cards, like just socializing with him, getting to know him, that kind yeah. of thing. Popper the poltergeist is silent. As though it knows the scientists are there and he doesn't want to show off. Like <laughs> it just suddenly, like this guy shows up and just suddenly nothing happens. Um, it's just, this just reminded me of a, X-Files episode. Um, Not the poltergeisting, but um, the whole, like, here comes the scientist, and it's like, but now the person is getting the attention that they needed. Yeah. So the activity stops. Yeah. So, shit, where did I leave off? (laughs) I mean, it's an episode of everything, right? Uh, So Pratt, and then Pratt has a colleague come up from Duke, um, they interview the family and they determined that the fam there's no way that they're faking this. Like mm-hmm. everybody's shaken and confused and scared. And like, they just, they don't believe that anybody's trying to pull off a hoax. Yeah. So this, so a few days go by, it's quiet. Um, early March, like just about a month after the first popping incident, a dish flew from the kitchen cabinet, shattered on the floor, followed by a night table flipping over in Jimmy's room. Two days later, a flower vase slid down the dining room table before leaping into the air, and a bookcase turned end over end in the basement. Hmm. The activity culminated on March 10th. Uh, James was away on a business trip. The family was getting ready for bed when there was a loud pop from the basement. Pratt and his colleague were still there, so they ran down to see what it was. It was that bottle of bleach again. Mm -hmm. The cap had um, popped off. Um, It doesn't say that it was tipped over again. It just says that the cap was popped off. Um, but that doesn't mean that it, you know, mm-hmm. they just might not have put that detail. Uh, so that was the last recorded incident. In total, there were 67 disturbances recorded between February 3rd and March 10th, 1958. Wow. Um, experts continued to investigate and research through August of that year, but with no more activity, the family just wanted to go back to their mm-hmm. life as normal. So they don't know why, but that was like the last thing they just popped. He just popped one more bleach cap and then that was it and to this day there's been no logical explanation Hmm. presented it's still a giant mystery over what was happening yeah um so that's why i was like uh it's a little different than your typical haunting it's like a poltergeist (laughs) but it's not really like or was it and you know i really like that puberty theory, though, like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, even if Jimmy was the one behind it, you had two, 12 and 13. Like, they're so mm-hmm. close in age. It's a ton of hormones flying yeah. around the house. Um, and, I mean, it sounded like Dad was gone a lot, especially yeah. if he's working in the city and they're living in Seaford. I mean, and one of the articles mentioned that he took the train. Yeah. So, I mean, that's easily an hour and a half to two-hour commute. Mm-hmm. each way every day and then he's out on business trips 
So maybe he needed dad's attention. Yeah, and this, then the scientist comes and gives. And he's getting like, fatherly attention. Yeah, so it that makes a lot of sense. It. Yeah, um, that was not actually specified in any of the articles I read, but um, I didn't even make a note of it. It was just a conclusion I just came to just now. <laughs> Go ad libs. Um, but yeah, that I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love how. Even though some of it was negative, like, repent, you sinners. Like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up there. Stop. Um, but, like, how all of these people, like, crackpots and experts alike, came together to try and find a solution. Yeah. And, I mean, nobody did, but really teamwork. Well, yeah, exactly. And, like, in a nice way. I guess. Yeah. For the most part, it sounds like. I mean, they had their nut jobs. Yeah. And they had the crazy, like, you know. But, yeah. I mean, for, like, these scientists and researchers to come Mm -hmm. from, like, North Carolina and offer their... I mean, I don't know if they were paid or not. It doesn't specify. I would think not, but, I mean, who knows? Um, And also, you have to consider it was 1958, so technology was a lot less than what we have now. Mm -hmm. And... um, but they're still coming up with all these theories and everything. But, like, still to this day, like, there's no – no one's been able to come up with a plausible answer that could not be debunked. I have a question. I have an answer, maybe. <laughs> I'll have an answer whether it's right or not. Now, you said – you kept saying the same bottles, but did they refill them or did they get new ones, like like the bottle of bleach? I don't know. Um, that's not specified, but I, th- I was just, um, so when I said that I was more pointing to the, the same location, it's, it's bleach again, it's starch yeah. again. It's, I mean, the holy water would have had to have been refilled because that was just dumped out. Yeah. Um, At the, I just was curious if it's like, if they like re- just bought a new bottle of bleach. So it's a new bottle, new cap, new everything. And it's still, and it's still off. doing it, you know, it's <laughs> popping off. Um, Oh, the other thing. So I didn't mention the Virgin Mary statue again. So it did shatter against the desk. It was just, I remember it being mentioned that it shattered at some point. I just didn't write it down. Okay. I was just wondering, because you like, you just said it hit the desk and dented it. But then you didn't say it broke. So I was like, it just dented it and it was still together. The Virgin Mary conceived and gave birth to baby Jesus as a virgin. So I would say she's a really strong woman (laughs) who would not shatter against a desk but this was made out of porcelain so it it probably did shatter but the fact that and then again porcelain yeah and you're throwing it hard enough to and i'm like i'm guessing it was a hardwood desk i mean they didn't have like ikea back then they had like real wood furniture (laughs) Mm -hmm. like carved wood and stuff so not that press board shit (laughs) um yeah so this stemmed from, I'm going to do the poltergeist curse. Holy <laughs> shit. That was based on a true story or in, not based on, inspired by a true story. Yeah. I didn't know that. I learned something new today. <laughs> and I would love to hear if anybody has a theory on that. Yeah. Let us know because like, I'm interested. How do you explain that? Well, I have a little bit of a theory. Have you, you've watched Game of Thrones, right? Um... Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I say it like that because I dropped off 
after well this is very beginning stuff oh good i just rewatched the very beginning go (laughs) so uh well the way you said the brother and sister were spending time together lannisters (laughs) made me think of the lannisters i well yeah and like and they're both like prepubescent hormonal you know and they're gonna make a little joffrey i don't think that was the case I don't know. I think, I, I, just, I think it was the 50s and it was a typical suburban 50s family and sit quietly and do your homework together in the living room. Yeah. I don't know. That was just like your typical like nuclear family kind of. <laughs> um, man, that's gross. Why'd you have to take it there? I'm sorry. That was just the way you said they were spending, spending time, time together. together. Yeah. Like, well, that's how it was worded in the article, though. Like, they were spending time together after school. It just it just doesn't sound right. I know. Well, I mean, how would you word it? I don't know. They were sitting in the living room together. I don't know. Because then I just pictured two, like, mannequin children sitting on the couch, staring at nothing. Yeah, it doesn't say what they were doing. Homework, watching I was, TV. I was gonna say reading, like, watching. He could be watching the TV, or you know, maybe like, they were playing with Lincoln Logs. Even if it, even if you have no idea, just put an activity they were doing just together. Make something just something up. But it then sounds better. Well, but then you risk like losing your credibility. Yeah, because now you're making stuff up. Or you could just say they're hanging out together. Well, but see, so here's the thing. Because I wrote hanging out, but that's not something that you would have said in 1958. We're hanging out. That's what we say now, though. Yeah. You have to put yourself in the time. Come on. Didn't you say something in your last one? Yeah, That was like, what? Oh, because it's 1817. Yeah. I don't remember. And that that was the vernacular back then. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Poltergeist. Interesting. Long Island. Seaford. It's so funny because, like, Seaford is not, like, um, I feel like a lot of people have heard of, like, Massapequa. Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, I don't know. One of the other ones. I was going to say Hicksville, but. I've heard of Hicksville. Well, <laughs> we both went to school, like, right next to Hicksville, though. I know. Um. Ron Konkama. Ron Konkama. The train to Ron Konkama. <laughs> that used to be my favorite line to take, just to hear that announcer say that. Yep. Next stop, Ron Konkama. <laughs> Massapequa. Massapequa Park. Hello, it's the Long Island Railroad, if you guys haven't ever taken it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's also very expensive. Yeah. I took new jersey the path train for the first time last week i've never ever ever have taken that train and you will never again well (laughs) it wasn't as bad as driving that's good but i still feel like i hate new jersey i'm sorry not sorry um and i just i don't because i was going to the airport i was meeting somebody at the airport and i didn't because it was morning and i was like well if i drive out there as much as i would love to pick them up I don't want to sit in the car for two hours coming back for what should be like a 30 minute drive at most. Mm -hmm. So, um, I took the train and yeah, it wasn't bad as bad as driving. It was still a little bit, um, 
I got pulled for a bag search. What is it with me getting pulled for searches lately? I don't know. I got, and I didn't, all I had was my little Michael Kors clutch. <laughs> so the guy stepped in front of me and he's like, um, excuse me, ma'am, will you step over here for a bag search? And I was like, what bag? Because I forgot that I had it. It's so small. And I was like, what? Oh, you, okay. They want, they want to confiscate your micro gun you carry in there. <laughs> I mean, don't joke. That's a thing, but I, I don't know. carry one. I know. Um, stop we... trying to get, you're going to get me into more trouble. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not being serious. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Customs Border Patrol actually planted spyware in my phone while they had it in their custody. Uh-uh. So you're going to get me searched again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm trying to be funny. I don't do any of this stuff, but yeah, they're like, they're going to confiscate the Uzi I'm carrying in my clutch. Like. What? But I mean, I feel like that might be why they pick me because they know that they're not going to have to do paperwork, <laughs> which makes me like TSA. They always pick on me. And I feel like it's because they know I don't have anything. So they don't have to worry about paperwork. But then that makes me nervous for the person who they look at saying they probably have something and I don't want to get involved. I'm going to let you through. Oh, my goodness. I have no doubt that in my mind just, that like, that happens. scared the crap out of me. I absolutely have no doubt in my mind that that goes on. Um, yeah. It's so funny because... I never had a problem with Border Patrol before. I always have a problem with TSA. Every mm-hmm. single, I can never fly without getting harassed. Well, maybe the next time you fly, you'll be okay then. Or is it just going to get worse now? Because now Uh-oh. all the agencies are talking to each other. Like, yeah, fuck with this girl. Not cool. <laughs> Not cool. Like, I don't have anything, but it's the fact that, like, they're very rude and disrespectful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And you're holding me up. Yeah. So... Like, and then there was the one chick that the, at the Rochester airport stuck her hand down my pants. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's a private room search. You don't do that in public. Yeah. You don't put your hands, your hand down my pants. And I looked at her and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you going to buy me dinner first? And she stopped and like glared at me. And I was like, if you're going to search inside my pants, you take me into a room. We're not doing this here. Mm-hmm. And then she pulled her pants on and she was like, like, she didn't even say have a good flight. And like, this was like a few years ago, but she, she said something fucking sarcastic i don't remember and i was just like fuck you too bitch like mm-hmm. i'm just saying like you're violating my rights you don't yeah. put your hand down my pants in public like we go into a room i'll take my pants off for you mm-hmm. that sounded way <laughs> dirtier than i meant it but true story um yeah wow. i've always got travel stories man always it's just it's, it's always an event for me i just almost missed my flight every time you like you got you got story stories <laughs> My connecting yeah. flights. No, I know. <laughs> um, well, for those who don't know. Um, yeah, because that happened with us, right? When we're coming back from Florida. Oh, yeah, one I did miss. And the other one. Oh, the I, one from Seattle, yeah, right? That one was, you, you were delayed and you got back and you missed. Oh, no, no. That one I didn't. What One I missed and I stayed with you because you were at JFK. <gasps> oh, that's right. Yeah, that one I Yeah, and they couldn't completely. get you on until the next day, so I was just like, come home yeah, with me. Yeah, they held our plane back for storms, but they let the ones in the storm area leave. <laughs> because that's not weather they're lying to you, because they don't want to have to... Because if it's not weather-related, if it's something on their end, they have to pay to put you up in a hotel. And they have to pay for... They, there's like... Or there's like a certain amount that they have to cover of it and they have to like give you food expenses and stuff. So if they say it's weather, they don't have to because it's out of their control. So they lie like that just happened to somebody last week. They said it was weather related and then come to find out it wasn't. They had a software glitch, but it was like after the fact. Terrible. 
but they refused to like cover her for anything. She got home like a day later than she should have. She had to pay for a hotel for the night wow. in like Denver, like in the middle of like nowhere. And um and then come to find out like an article came out that like this big soft that well, was a little software glitch, but it like caused big problems and mm-hmm. they had told her that it was weather related and it wasn't. Cause then I remember they were like, but why are these other flights leaving if if it's unsafe for us to leave? Like Yeah. Yeah, like I'm all like, if it is a problem with weather, like by all means, like don't crash my plane. I don't yeah. want to die in a plane crash. But if it is weather, don't let my connecting flight leave. Yeah, like don't <laughs> lie about it. Like call it what it is. Like don't try to fuck me over to try to save a few dollars. Anyway, that was a massive, massive tangent. And you oh, still have a story to oh, do. I do. I do. Okay, your turn. Go. Okay, so my story today is. I think it's pronounced Leap, Leap Castle, in Kulderay, County Offaly, Ireland. And it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Is it cool? Sure. It's so cool that they call it the castle. Because it's a castle. Oh, okay. So some of the history for uh, Leap Castle, it's Irish, so it's Leap, not Leap. I don't know. Would you like to do it in an Irish brogue? I wish I could. I love the Irish accent and Scottish. They're so awesome. I wonder if I can get Siri to do an Irish accent and just have her (laughs) read it. Because I have mine set to British. Well, mine's a British man so that I can call him Jarvis. (laughs) Yes, that would would be cool. But no. No. I was going to look to see if I could do it. Uh... Maybe later. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, Leap Castle has long been regarded as one of Ireland's most notoriously haunted destinations. Built somewhere between the 12th and 15th centuries, uh, Leap Castle was built over an existing site previously occupied by Druids who used the property for initiation ceremonies. Leap Castle was originally named Liam Uni Banyan, Banyan, which means Leap of the O'Banyans. It got this name from the Leap Two Brothers contesting the chieftainship of their family. So they, they leapt off of a rock near the site of where the castle is built, and the survivor would be chief and build the castle. I'm sorry. What year is this? Um, between the 12th and 15th centuries. So okay. like 11 and 1400. Okay. <laughs> I'm like chieftain. Yep. That's they like leapt term. off this like giant rock cliffy thing. And, and so wait, is their name leap? No, or it's their called name... that because they leapt. They, it's called that because they left. Okay. And their their last name is O'Banion. Okay. Got it. So, yeah. So they, like, I think one of the brothers, like, broke his legs and the other one didn't. So he was the winner. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think either of them walked away from this very well. But, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't think so, but 
So it was whoever was less injured? Yeah. My bones are stronger, so now I'm chieftain now. I mean, I guess that means you have good genes, right? I guess so. Um, so the O'Carroll clan seized Lep Castle from the O'Banions not long after it was built. According to legend, many a massacre took place within the walls of Leap Castle at the hands of the O'Carrolls. When the chief of the O'Carrolls died and left no successor, a dispute developed between his sons, Thaddeus and Taig, over who would rule. Thaddeus was a priest and was in the midst of mass when his when he was slaughtered by Teague his his brother which is now called the bloody castle chapel um do, does the bloody chapel um are they willing to host red weddings yes obviously right <laughs> sure yeah. i just i i I'm not even back up to that point yet. I'm only halfway through season two. (laughs) Yeah, so apparently there's quite the rivalry in Ireland between brothers. But whoever gets this castle, it's like, no, me, no, me. Well, you're dead then. This is really starting to sound like a Game of Thrones (laughs) storyline. Oh. One of the most wicked slayings tied to the O'Carroll clan was was that of the MacMahon family. The MacMahons were invited to a celebratory feast at Left Castle in honor of their victory over one of the O'Carroll's rivals. Rather rather than pay their employees, however, the O'Carroll's opted to poison the MacMahons and killed all of them. Sounds about right. Yep. In the the 1600s. So I guess Game of Thrones isn't that (laughs) far-fetched. This is where he gets all his ideas. I guess so. It should be Game of Thrones based on true events. (laughs) Well, where did the dragons come in? Oh, there's no dragons here. Oh, direwolves? No, no wolves in this Three-eyed ravens. Oh, yeah, there's some of those. Really? No. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, you asshole. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't toy with my emotions. Um, in the 1600s, the castle switched ownership again. <laughs> again. The daughter of the chieftain fell in love with an English prisoner, Captain Darby. They planned to marry, and she freed him. But on the way out of the castle, they ran into the girl's brother, and the two commenced in a sword fight where Darby emerged the victor. Upon the death of the O'Carroll's son, the daughter became heiress to the castle. Darby amassed his own treasure, treasures, which he hid in compartments scattered throughout the property. And um, not all of them have been found, so there's like buried treasure at this castle. When do we buy our metal detector and shovels <laughs> and passport for one of us? When uh, when things calm down in my life. <laughs> Fair. Um, 
let's see here where was i uh the captain was later imprisoned for treason in dublin but was later allowed to return to lep castle years of imprisonment had driven the wild captain to the brink of madness and he was unable to recall where he had hidden his fortune as the legend goes, the fortune still remains in Lamp Castle, which I already mentioned because I didn't read my notes beforehand. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> and on certain evenings where the energies favor the spirits, you can see the phantom of the wild captain searching the grounds for his lost treasure. I really thought you were going to say Phantom of the Opera. Yep. And I just was like, how oh, that works. Phantom <laughs> Okay, in mid-1800s, Mildred Darby, one of the wild captain's descendants, was... was a gothic novelist who regularly performed seances within the walls of Lep Castle. The Darbys abandoned Lep Castle in 1922 when Ireland was fighting for its independence from England. Shortly after the Darby's departure, the castle was bombed and looted by the IRA who hung peacocks from meat hooks along the tower. No! I know. That was sad. My peacock. My peacock. Why would you do that? Why peacocks? Like, they're so majestic. They never hurt anybody. I don't know. Actually, I hear they can actually be quite aggressive. <laughs> um, but why but peacocks? Um, I'm assuming there were peacocks on the grounds and they were just mean in the 1900s an oubliette was discovered i know what that is there's an x-files episode titled that (laughs) um behind a wall in the chapel that contained human skeletons amassed on wooden spikes the o'carrolls would drop unsuspecting guests through a trap door to be impaled it took three cartloads to remove all of these skeletons. Have your head on a spike. Yeah. What? Wow. Three, Jesus. Yeah, that it was a lot. And as I'm reading this, I'm remembering researching it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was creepy. I do the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, this part. Well, I just did that, right? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> In the 1970s, the castle was bought by an Australian historian, Peter Bartlett, Bartley was actually an ancestor of the founders of Lep Castle, the O'Banions. Bartlett did extensive restorative work for 15 years and claims to have witnessed poltergeist activity through much of it. He contracted a white witch to drive the spirits out of the castle. The witch claims that the spirits vowed to not cause any more trouble but insisted on staying in the castle. Bartlett's renovation efforts were tragically cut short when he died in 1989. And in 1991, musician Sean Ryan and his wife Anne purchased Lep Castle and resumed its restoration. The Ryans have been plagued with freak accidents since living in Lep Castle. A broken kneecap, a broken ankle, and I it was going on like a list, but those are the only two I wrote down. <laughs> um, today, the castle is still privately owned by the Ryans. And if you are nice, you can go there and they will let you 
tour it. Really? Yes. So you just like walk up and ring the doorbell and like, hi. I think it would be better if you call them. Oh, do they have a phone number to call? Probably, but I do not have it to give out. But I think people can be resourceful and figure it out. Google. (laughs) Um, But they do, they have let um, individuals like go through and tour and stuff. That's awesome. Because I did watch a YouTube video of this girl that did. (laughs) So they actually live there. Yeah, they live there. So they're just basically letting strangers enter their home to look around. Well, I think they live in part of it. And then the rest rest of it is, is, well, because some of it is still like ruins. They're they're trying to restore it as best they can. But I mean, they're a private individual and they're not like extremely wealthy. Right. So it's it's taking some time. No, but I'm saying like that's still cool because they're essentially letting strangers into their home. Like Mm -hmm. even if it's not the part that they're actively living in, I mean. Yeah. That's really nice of them to do that. They don't have to do that. No, I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's everyone or every occasion. Like I think it's Right. But that's still like they don't yeah. have to at all. Yeah. So So that's that's just the history. Yeah. <laughs> On to the haunting. On to the haunting. Um Legend has it the priest apparition can be seen wandering the body chapel as well as the stairway below. Ghosts of the McMahones have been seen by many haunting the grounds of Left Castle. I don't know how they know it's the McMahones. I did not get that part. Is it assumed because that's kind of where... I don't know if it's like they are in like maybe... Period dress. Well, military-ish. I don't know what it's called. Like, when they go to fight, they wear their crest and all that kind of stuff back Mm -hmm. then. I don't know if they're, like, dressed in that kind of stuff. I was thinking of, like... like, portrait painted, maybe? Maybe. Maybe there's, like, a giant portrait hanging of them somewhere. (laughs) I don't know. And they could be like, oh, that's you, and then that's you. (laughs) Oh, hey, you're in that painting. Well, I was thinking of, like... But I, I got the wrong country, because Scotland, they have, like, the, um... The different plaids mm-hmm. denote what clan you're in. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that, but I'm like, no, that's that's Scotland. That's not Ireland because of the kilt, the kilts and stuff. And what country? What country was Braveheart? Scotland. Oh, okay. The Highlands. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about over there except <laughs> that it's beautiful and yes. there are castles. That's literally the extent of my <laughs> and Guinness <laughs> and cabbage. And Harry Potter. That's, I mean, that's all I, that's all I got. <laughs> Outlander's in there somewhere too, but I'm not as familiar with Outlander. I haven't read it or watched it, so. Yeah, I haven't either. And I, I keep getting confused with Outlander's and the Highlander. <laughs> there can be only one Highlander. Um, while we've been talking, my phone's been going off in one of my group chats, and they're talking about Outlander. No. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. <laughs> Okay, so, and on certain evenings where, oh, why did, I don't know why I wrote that again, uh, about the captain searching for his lost treasure. <laughs> you were so excited about it. I was, buried treasure, I mean, <laughs> who's, who's not going to be excited? Um, one of the most terrifying being, beings which reside in the castle is called the Elemental. It is a creature about the size of a sheep and has a decaying face. It is accompanied by the smell of sulfur and the smell of decay of a de- 
of a decaying corpse. That's no bueno. Do you know what we call that? A demon. Yeah. It's, it's, that's creepy. That's creepy. Like the, like the description. That's like, yeah. when you first said elemental, I was thinking of Avatar. The last oh. airbender. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Wrong kind of elemental. Oh. <laughs> um, Mildred's dabbling in the occult is believed to have resulted in the awakening of this elemental. Mildred Darby even wrote about her frightening ordeal back in 1909. According to her, she was standing in the gallery when she felt someone putting a hand on her shoulder. When she looked, she saw a thing which was about the size of a sheep with a gaunt, inhuman face. It has black cavities for eyes and it has the smell of decomposing of a decomposing corpse the darbies remained in the castle until 1922 uh shadows have also been seen wandering the priest the priest's house the priest's house has been an empty shell of itself since the burning in 1922 a burly man has been seen pushing a heavy barrel up the stairs, and when he gets to the top, the barrel rolls down, and then the man and the barrel disappear. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing it. Like... <laughs> um, there's also the Red Lady, and she has been encountered by lady many people. Lady in red. Sorry. No, different. <laughs> uh, the, the Red Lady has been seen carrying her baby. No, just carrying a dagger, but the way I wrote it, it's weird. Did she dagger herself and it's Lady in Red because she's covered in so much blood? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. Um, she's carrying a dagger in her hand and she raises it in a menacing manner. You! Oh. As if wanting to stab someone. I will get you! Don't mess with her. Uh, the story goes that the Red Lady is the ghost of a woman who was captured and raped by the O'Carrolls. She got pregnant, and as a as a result, and the baby was killed by the O'Carrolls. And in despair, she killed herself. Still fucking Game of Thrones. Yep. Killing babies and shit. Um, two young girls have been seen and heard playing in Lep Castle. They are often seen by castle visitors playing in the hall and running up and down the stairs. They are called Emily and Charlotte. Emily died at the age of 11 when she fell from the battlements, and many people have seen her ghost falling from the castle and disappearing from before hitting the ground. Charlotte has been seen dragging her deformed legs behind her. Oh, no, that sounds like, was that the last one you did with the body cut in half? And she shows up with a, oh no. Oh my God. No. Okay. I was out with a friend last night and he was talking about something. Okay. I was going to say, I don't think I'm I like, remember that. Did I hear that. No, he was talking about, um, we were talking about Japanese horror and he mm -hmm. was telling a story about, um, I think it was like an urban legend where she jumped in front of a train and the tra or fell in front of a train or something and mm -hmm. the train came and hit her and cut her body in half. So now she like haunts people and like 
she has no bottom half and she just drags herself with her arms Ugh. and then when she gets to you she has a scythe and she like cuts you in half nice good old japanese horror man yeah <laughs> and uh that was pretty much it for the hauntings but ghost hunters went here this was their first time overseas and what's was this? it ghost hunters international no. or ghost, Hunter- ghost before hunters this before is- okay, international yeah, yeah, yeah. and this was when what's his name the tattooed guy that used to be a cop steve steve I was, I, was My th- love. I was thinking Steve, but then I was like, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> but it is Steve. Okay, so Steve is, is, is afraid of flying, and he was trying He's so hard to make Steve it. Poor Steve is afraid of a lot of things. I know. I just want to hug him. I know. But oh, I felt so bad when I was watching this, and just to see how like a- how much anxiety he had, like, because he got on the plane, and but he had to get off. Like he, I think he I remember trying, that. He was trying so hard to go. Oh, drugs, friend. <laughs> not like crack but I know, like, like xanax or something valium or whatever yeah. <laughs> but oh poor guy yeah so so they went and they met their um like their european contact i can't remember his name right now but he has such an awesome accent i can't think of his name though <laughs> doesn't everybody over there have I such know. an awesome accent though but he, like i think he's irish or scottish or something he's got that that one gets me. I, I love that one. It's so awesome. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they they did their they did their investigation there. That was their first European thing. They that was the first one on the first episode. And um, so they say this elemental thing hasn't been seen since the since the Darbies left. So it. It had been hanging around from 1850 to 1921, but after the Darbys left the property, that hasn't been seen, I guess, because Mildred was responsible for summoning it, and now her line is gone or something. I don't know exactly. So, like, that energy dissipated? Yeah. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I sure can. My cat is having a very loud bath. So if you're wondering what that strange noise is in the background, it's Henry. Yeah. So, um, and then of course there was the reports of the priest in the bloody chapel. And also there's reports of monks walking. Like this is the only place I got that was from ghost hunters. The, um, I think it was Mr. Ryan was the one they talked to on the show, but that's do I didn't find any accounts of the monk of the monks like doing their chanty thing and walking um anywhere else but from the accounts of on ghost hunters. So there were some personal experiences that happened in the bloody chapel. So this was Dustin and Tango. They were up in there doing their EVP sessions and stuff and one of their cameramen, the behind the scenes cameraman got pushed and he was freaked out i re (laughs) i'm sorry i gasped so hard i choked i remember this i'm sorry i got really excited (laughs) yes i remember that so yeah he this isn't i'm i do remember this one but this isn't the same one where the cameraman the his or no the sound guy his sound bag flew up and hit him in the face no this is a different one okay because i remember that one too that was insane 
I do remember this one, though. Yeah, so, yeah, there was, like, yeah, I don't know. I was just going to describe the, I was just going to describe the room, like, they had, it was, there was hay on the ground and stuff, but, yeah, so the, the cameraman got pushed, and that, he got really freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to get colder, and the air started to smell different, and they described it as, like, stale rubber. I'm not exactly sure what what that smells like exactly, but um, then they saw, I can't remember if it was Dustin or Tango, but I think it was only one of them. Oh, it was one of them at first. I remember now. It was one of them at first, and then a little later, they both, or then the other one saw it or something like that, but they didn't see it at the same time. So they saw a greenish blue light about the size of a tennis ball, and it like appeared and disappeared i don't know if it was like appearing and disappearing or if it like appeared and like moved like it was walking from one place through a doorway or something like that the ball was walking well like if someone was walking across their path yeah like like carrying a flashlight or something um and they kept seeing a face in a hood with a goatee shimmer Slash flash in and out. Fucking chills. In and out where? Um, Like it it would like flash in and out or shimmer in and out. Like just like in front of them? Um, It was in a kind of over by a doorway. So they were in one part and there was like this doorway by some stairs. And that's where they kept on seeing that. And uh, yeah, at one point. They were provoking, which you really should not do, because then Dustin got pushed hard enough that he fell to the ground and hurt his shoulder. Dustin! Yeah. And then uh, Jason and Grant went up and felt like the air was heavy and hard to breathe, and they heard footsteps. And then in the... Um, when they went back to listen to EVPs and stuff, they got an EVP of a voice saying help and two different unintelligible female voices that may not have been speaking English, but they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't get any, figure out any words. And like, even the people that like speak different languages that were listening, like the, their contact over in. Um, Europe and the owner of the castle itself, they couldn't make out it, but they they knew it was words, but they couldn't understand what language or anything. So it could have been even like old language words. Like they wouldn't. Old language. Well, I was gonna say old English, but it wasn't well, English. No, but like, what is it? What? Oh, what is that language that they speak in Ireland? It's not that Irish. nobody really speaks anymore. It's not Irish. Gaelic? Gaelic. Gaelic, yes. It could be Gaelic. It could have been like or that time frame because of course they like had prisoners from different areas and stuff. I mean it's castle, so yeah. it could have been anything. But yeah, that's all of and if you want to find that episode of Ghost Hunters and watch it, it's season three, episode six. Season three, episode six. Did you happen to see if it's available on YouTube? I 
I, well, I watched it. I think that's where I watched okay, it. Yeah, or if that's not where I watched it, I have the um, website where I did watch it from that I can we can put up the um I feel like it's probably thing. YouTube. Um, well, some of them I couldn't I, find on YouTube, but I found somewhere else. I'm hesitant to post those links, though, oh. because most, like, a lot of that is posted. Like, it's licensed. You're supposed to oh, pay for it. Okay. And I don't want to, like, if if you guys want to watch it, like, here are the tools to Google it. And you yeah. can find it yourself. Yeah, I mean... I can't remember where I found it. I mean... Well, Google Ghost Hunters season yeah. three, episode six. Yeah. That's all they need. Yeah. Or Ghost Hunters Leap Castle. Yeah. I can't remember what the other thing they did that on that episode. Oh, yeah, because they always did two, right? Yeah. So you get a bonus whenever you go watch one of the ones that, that we... Get the second one. I, are quote, are those hunters. episodes available on DVD? Because I can't find them anywhere. I haven't, I haven't come across anything like when I look. And even some things where... I feel like I've tried to search like Ghost Hunters DVDs because like, I'd even buy them, but mm-hmm. I don't think I could ever find them. I don't know. Come on, Sci-Fi, get on top of this. Well, it also might be a licensing thing because, the like, I don't know the circumstances of how they left. I don't think things went well. I get Yeah, <laughs> I get the impression that that may have been a, a negative um, conclusion. But, I, I mean, I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Um, that's just the impression that I get. The Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah. The impression that I get. I have no idea. Oh, man. I know. You guys get it, I just right? I so many, 90s in music. so many ways. <laughs> um, I mean, usually only just in pop culture references. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, that was good. <laughs> I feel like this was a good episode. With Poltergeist, we got Red Weddings, kind yeah. of. Um, red Chapels. Red Chapels. Or bloody Chapels. Bloody Chapels for Red Weddings. Yeah. Well, Game of Thrones references. And some ladies in red. and Lady in red. <laughs> That's all I know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, cool. Well, so our next episode is going to be the live one. Oh, my. Are you nervous? A little. I'm shitting myself a little bit. I should probably wear a diaper. <laughs> that's the other. We're not going to be able oh, to take bathroom right. breaks. Oh, Bathroom breaks. Oh, my goodness. I keep forgetting about that. No I'm drinking gonna, water. I'm going to have to cath myself up or something. I just, <laughs> you guys, I pee a lot. Um, I mean, I, although we did good today, I didn't take a pee break. You did. Oh, we did both you? did in the middle. Like, did we? Although, no. Not between. No. Not in the story. No. No, in between the two episodes, because we, we, we did these back to back, you guys. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, and I had two cups of coffee today. What? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm going to have, so I can't drink beer, but I might make myself like a margarita for Cinco de Mayo. I have some chips, chips and guac out. It'd be rude to eat on camera, though. And noisy. I, I will. Gonna say, I'll drink a margarita. Like, that'd be like. Oh, no, yeah. We yeah. Can, we can just like have them sitting here and pretend. <laughs> yeah, but if we're gonna be here for a couple hours, that guac is gonna get nasty. Yeah. We could save the guac for after. We'll have ourselves a little private after party. <laughs> I will drink a margarita on camera because I can. And I'll just sit here and talk. And hopefully, I'll be able to read 
<laughs> I think it'll be fine. I'm and nodding, but I keep forgetting, you know. Nodding. But you'll, next time, you'll be able to see me nod to all the stuff because yeah. I nod all the time, but no one hears me because my head you doesn't have so rocks. quietly. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and don't forget, if you're a member of our group, we will be picking out the winner of our drawing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Um, we will not be giving away a chicken dinner. Don't no. take that to mean that. Um, I mean, I guess if that's what you really want, I could make you something. I don't know how that would work shipping-wise. Especially if you're in Australia. Especially <laughs> if you're, like, on the other side of the world. It might come to you kind of gross. Yeah. Um, I'm also pretty sure customs would most definitely not allow that in. No. But the actual prize, they should have no problem with. Um, no, definitely not. Um, I could make a chicken dinner and take a picture and send you the recipe. Yeah, sure. We could do that. I know like 3,000 different ways to make chicken. So, I mean, yeah, pick so your that's, poison. That's the bonus. Um, bonus, you get a picture of my chicken dinner. <laughs> picture of my chicken dinner. Um, so, I'm going to say you have up until May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Yes. You have up until midnight on May 4th. Well, okay. 11.59 p.m. on May 4th. Yes. Because I, I really hate, like, midnight. Like, but which midnight? Because yeah, um, <laughs> technically, that'd be midnight. May 4th would be in the morning. But 11.59 p.m. New York time on May the 4th. Um, I will be at a Yankee game that day. So it's Star <laughs> Wars Day. We're getting lightsabers. The first 2,000 people through the gate. So we have to cool. get there early. I have my jersey ready to go and everything. Um, and you're going to be back in time to record? I know. Um, there's going to be a lot of coffee to be had. No, there can't be because then I'm going to be peeing every five Ames minutes. is just going to be half dead. <laughs> you guys, excuse any of my like sleep deprived. I should be fine, though, because it's an early game. I think it's like a 1 p.m. game. Oh, okay. So I can drive up after. We're not going to do it till 2. I think I'll be all right. I should be home by like midnight-ish. <laughs> And then I can do one last perusal. Who's joined the group? No one. There's no winners. Doors are closed. <laughs> um, yeah, and we're just going to do a name out of the hat. There's a cat just threw itself on my foot with its claws out. Is it Henry? Can yes, you see? Yes, it's Henry. I know it's Henry because I see the other one over there. But that was like a, that was a loud thump. He just threw himself on the floor. I felt it. I felt the floor shake. Oh, he's, he found catnip. He's going crazy. Oh, wow. That's what that is. He <laughs> okay. found catnip. Um, there's little pockets of catnip stashed various places. And oh. these toys, these new toys they got, I may have sprayed some liquid catnip ah. on them. So he's going to be a little crazy for a while. Um, yeah. So, live episode. Yes. Sunday, May 5th, 2 p.m. New York time. Yes. Set an alarm. Should probably do some social media announcements. Oh, I yeah. haven't been on top of that. I need to. It's just been so, you guys, these last few weeks for both of us have been just absolutely bonkers. Oh, yeah. Crazy, so, crazy. Thank you for bearing with us. Yes. You just breathed into the mic, Ooh. and all I heard was like, whoosh. I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Don't do that. Um, oh, hello, crazy person. Are you, yeah, what did you find? I'm glad that you're still alive. You have something on your face. Can I get it? Anyways, you guys, thanks for potting with us. 
Oh, yes. We'll that. see you next Sunday at 2 p.m. Yeah. on and, Facebook Live. Well, you'll see us. We won't see you. That you know of. Oh, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> are you done being insane? You're panting. Like, what are you doing, you crazy boy? What are you doing, a nut? You're such a nut. I love you, though. I love you. I love you so much. I do. I love you. You're my favorite shit.